What wonderful music we have to sing about our Savior. Amen? I'm glad there are people who uh, take the gifts that God has given them and give us songs like that that help us to magnify and glorify the Lord. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 14, verse 1, help for the troubled heart. One simple verse that is packed with so much power. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to your word and the part of the service where we take your words so filled with spiritual power. You breathe life into them. You inspired the words. Help us to hear these words today and take them to heart, our troubled heart. To change our troubled heart in a way that we honor and glorify you and also get a hold of it before it gets away from us. We pray in your holy name. Amen. Because of the jobs that I've had over the years, uh, being a pastor mostly and then uh, working inside with police and ambulance, I have spent a great deal of time around sickness and death. Um in the pastorate and visiting hospitals and people who have accidents and illnesses. Um, It got to where I could tell you what the surgeries were going to be like. You know, I'd sit there and the people would leave and they'd say, can you explain that surgery to us again? And I'm sure I've, I've done about a dozen of them, you know. So we would share with the families what was going to happen. But, but people pass away and countless lives are impacted. You encounter a family whose beloved mother has just gone on to be with the Lord, or maybe it was a father, or maybe it was a child. And there's so many different emotions that you see on display in that setting. You see anger, you see hurt, distress, denial, disbelief. You see grief and sorrow and a guttural sadness. I can remember the time in the hospital room with my grandfather passing away and my mother looking at me with tears in her eyes and I know what she was hoping that I could do something. There's nothing to be done. She knew that. But still there was that desire, isn't there? To see them to live on even though we know it's a better place. But yet our hearts are troubled because of things like that. Even when we have confidence, Even when there's a great sense of hope in our hearts, there still is that sadness and still there's that suffering. Even when we know they are in the presence of the Lord. To be absent from the body is where? To be in the presence of the Lord. We know where they are. I I haven't lost them. I, I struggle with saying that when somebody dies, I'm sorry for your loss. Well, it's like, if it's a Christian, I know where they are. I know they're with Jesus. So that does not trouble me but still there is sadness still it's difficult to say goodbye and our hearts are troubled when we encounter those who are grieving I think anybody would like to make things better wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't you like for someone to help you in your grief to make it better the the right word the right gesture just knowing that they're there in the room with you or in your home, wherever it is that you're grieving. Maybe that 
phone call or letter that you get from someone to encourage you in the midst of your suffering and your grief. There's something inside us that wants to help the troubled heart. If you're a Christian, I believe that's true. And I speak from experience. You cannot help the troubled heart. I've tried. I've sat in rooms and wanted the right words and didn't have them. I've, I've been where they walked into the room and asked me to go see the family and ask them if they wouldn't donate certain body parts at this time so it's so crucial because the doctor was too chicken to go in and do it themselves. And how do you deal with that with the right words at a time of grief and suffering? But I know someone who can heal the troubled heart, who has the right words, has the right spirit, and his name is Jesus. Here in John chapter 14, we see him talking to the disciples. You know, he's, he's getting ready to go to the cross. He's preparing them for what's coming up. He did in chapter 13, he does in 14. You read that whole discourse of what he's trying to do to prepare these men he's been living with for three years for what's about to happen. And there in John 14, that's exactly what he does. We look at those verses and we automatically think about heaven and it's to be expected because these verses reveal, I think, the clearest promises of that wonderful place that he invites us to. I want to look at just four things. These are not the points, but it's what Jesus says to their troubled hearts. Four things he offers them. First of all, he offers them a residence. I go prepare a place for you. He offers them a resting place. He offers them a return, and he offers them a reunion. All of those things are offered by Jesus in that passage of Scripture. If you have your Bible, turn there to 14.1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Those four things are offered by Jesus in that moment. A residence, a resting place, a return, and a reunion. And if you want to hang your hat on helping a troubled heart, start in that verse. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I won't leave you. I won't abandon you. I'm not leaving. I'm going to prepare you a place. I'm going to get it ready you can come and be with me. For the child of God, I think there's a lot of hope found in that verse. We often overlook the context of these verses. Something tragic has taken place in the lives of the disciples and Jesus. You see that throughout the book. You know what's approaching. You read a little bit further and you know the troubles that are coming, if you know the chapter. And often overshadowed by this glorious promise of heaven is the fact that the disciples were grieved. They were troubled. Their hearts were stirring. Back in Mark, these very men were in the midst of a literal storm. You know that. The wind was blowing, the waves were crashing, the, the boat was filling with water, and the disciples consumed with fear. While this was going on, Jesus was in the boat asleep. Comfort, 
They woke him up. Master, don't you care that we perish? Jesus went to the edge of the boat and he said, what? Peace be still. The wind ceased and there was great calm, the Bible says. Now these same men are in the midst of a spiritual storm. Not a literal one, but a spiritual storm. Once again, Jesus speaks peace into their lives. He looks into the eyes of his followers and he tells them, don't let your hearts be troubled. Maybe you are here this evening and you are a follower of Christ and yet you have a troubled heart. I would like to walk through these verses with you and see if we can't untrouble your heart this evening. First, the source of a troubled heart. The source of a troubled heart. In this world, we encounter all sorts of troubles. Jesus told us that would be the case. You're going to have problems. You're going to have issues. But he also told us that through him, we could have peace. John 16, 33, these things have I spoken unto you that you might have peace. In a world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He overcame and he still gives to us that same hope of assurance. The apostles, through John, his writings, give us added encouragement in 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He's overcome and he's greater than anything that you'll experience in this world. No trouble can overcome you that Jesus cannot overcome if you're faithful and trust him to let him work in your life. I think in order to fully comprehend the disciples' trouble, we have to look back at the events of John 13. In the first few verses of 13, the Lord girded himself and began to wash his disciples' feet. Shortly after he was finished, he, he relieved something in their heart by revealing a fact. He revealed that somebody would betray him. And it was like a bolt of electricity through the disciples. They shocked at what he said. Eventually, to you and I, it became clear through the scripture that it was Judas... He had been with them from the beginning. And yet he was going to betray Jesus. Entrusted with the money manager. They didn't know he was the guy. They didn't think. He's the one Jesus trusted with a bag of money. They didn't think that there was a problem. But he was putting up a good front. And for 30 pieces of silver, he betrayed Jesus. You read this and you see that Peter proclaimed he would go with Jesus all the way. I won't leave you. Even if it means death. And Jesus told him that the rooster would crow three times and then he would deny him. Three times. Obviously, this weight, this heavy weight on Peter's mind revealed that something was coming that they did not want to face. There was trouble coming and the disciples could see it. Somebody's going to betray me. You're going to deny me. And they just couldn't believe it and their hearts were troubled. This life... We all have troubles. Many of you are facing troubles as we speak. If we're honest with ourselves, our problems are petty compared to what Peter, James, and John, and the rest of the disciples went through. Again, I said it last week, I'll tell you again. Get Fox's Book of Martyrs and read what they went through. You will think you have an easy life. 
Look at this. The disciples' hearts were not troubled because of a rebellious child. They, their problem was not a strained marriage. They were not stressing over bills that they could not pay. They were not focused on declining economy. They're, they were not troubled because of a bad day at work. They were not concerned because of a bad report from a doctor. I, I'm not making light of any of these problems. If they're your problems, they're serious because they're your problems. But they pale in comparison to what these men were enduring at that point in time. The Savior was in front of them, and he said they would betray someone would betray him they just couldn't imagine that they were distressed and the thought of being separated from the master troubled them they longed to be with him and they did not want him to be away from them maybe you are troubled spiritually this evening you may not realize it but your trouble comes from the fact that you are too far away from the master if you're troubled it's because you're not close enough to jesus The difference between you and the disciples is the fact that you have made a conscious choice to move away from him if you're troubled. If there's not peace in your heart, it's because Jesus is not reigning in your heart as the ultimate Lord. You have pushed something in the way, your troubles. And you focused on them rather than focusing on the peace that passes understanding. I want you to understand that Jesus sees your troubles and cares And he is calling you to not let your hearts be troubled. Number two, the sympathy for a troubled heart. In the words, let not your heart be troubled, I think they show us that Jesus knew of their troubles, didn't he? If he could say, don't let your heart be troubled, he knew they were in trouble. He knew it. And and he cared enough to address and to speak, comfort them. When you care, you confront. And that's what Jesus did. These men just learned that their Lord and Savior and Master was going to die, and their hearts were troubled. The word troubled, terasso, in the Greek means to agitate, to stir up, to render anxious and distressed. The picture is of a sea that's stirred and boiling and driven by the storms and the water is churning. Jesus is omniscient. But I think if any of us were in that room, we'd have seen on the faces of the disciples the trouble that was in their hearts. Just by looking at them, their facial expressions would have been universal. You could see they were distressed. They were sad. There's no happiness, anger, fear, Disappointment in what what was being said, many other emotions, but you would have seen it. I think at that moment, the Lord's disciples did experience things like fear, uncertainty, distress, grief, sadness. I think Jesus, though, comforted them and encouraged them. Don't let your heart be troubled. He told them of a greater plan. This is... This is not all there is. I know you have trouble for a moment, but I'm telling you there's something better that I'm offering you. I'm going to prepare for you. And he assured them that another comforter, isn't that a great word? The comforter. You know, we've talked about it. Comforte means with strength. That's the English version. 
of the word comforter, but the Greek is parakleo. One para beside kleero is called. One who is called along beside to stand with us. The Holy Spirit is called to stand with you, to comfort you, to help you in your trials and sufferings. And these men, Jesus had a desire to encourage and strengthen them. If you're this evening and you have a troubled heart, Jesus cares about you. If you're wrestling, Jesus cares. Down verse 18, the disciples received a promise. 14, 18, I will not leave you comfortless. Comfortless. Orophanos. I will not leave you an orphan. That's where we get that word from. Jesus doesn't abandon us in the midst of our troubles. He cares about you and he cares about your troubled hearts. Jesus doesn't have just sympathy with you. He empathizes with you. He knows what you're going through. Number three, the solution for a troubled heart. You believe in God, believe also in me. Many times I think we encounter individuals who are hurting. We have sympathy for them. We have compassion for them. We'd like to help them. And, and we would do anything if we could, but we do not have the power nor the resources to help everyone who's in trouble. But Jesus has all the power and resources at his disposal. Everything that is available for those in need, Jesus has. So what is the solution for your troubled heart? Turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. That's the solution. Believe also in me. The solution for the peace that passes understanding is to turn to Jesus. Earlier we saw that the the source of the trouble in their hearts is they thought they were going to be separated from the master. Could it be that the trouble comes from the fact that you have been separated too long? Oh, you may know Bible verses, you may be able to pray, but are you as close as you know you need to be? We know that he will never leave us or forsake us. But maybe, again, it's us who's walked away somehow. Walked away from dedication, walked away from commitment, walked away from persistence. What have we walked away from? Perhaps you're in the midst of a spiritual storm, so to speak, like the disciples. Your heart's heavy, you're filled with uncertainty, your life is consumed with fear, everything they were going through, you've lost your joy, you're, you're living in essence in rebellion if you're not in peace, because God wants you to have peace. You're suffering the consequences maybe of a, of a sinful condition. You might even experience chastening from the Lord. The Bible says who he loves, he chastens, right? If he loves us, he chastens us. Maybe, maybe you're going through what you're going through because God's trying to get your attention And the answer to the troubled heart is to turn to Jesus. Believe in me, he says. No, you're here tonight and you say, but I'm saved, Brother Marty. Yeah, but are you following what he wants from your life? Turn unto me. It doesn't end there. There's another step in turning to Jesus, to 
the solution to your troubled heart. Secondly, is to trust in Jesus. Believe also in me. Look to him and believe in him. In order for the disciples' troubled heart to be comforted, in order for them to have, have peace, they had to believe him. I go prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come back, that where I am, there you may be also. Do they believe that? I think they're still troubled. He gave them the solution, but their hearts were still troubled. It wouldn't be till after it was all over with that it would resolve. In the next few hours, things would fall apart. They would run, they would hide, they would deny, they would betray. And it wouldn't be till after the resurrection that it would all make sense. And they would have peace again. They had to believe in him. When he said that he was going to prepare a place for them, when he said that there were many mansions in his father's house, when he said there was a reunion, when he said he was coming back, when he said he would not leave them comfortless, when he said he would send another comforter to them, they had to believe him to have peace. And so do you. Do you really believe that God can give you peace? If you are agitated, stirred up in your spirit today, you don't have peace. But God offers you peace. Peace that passes understanding. Help for your troubled hearts. You too have to believe Jesus. You too have to turn to Jesus. We have to remember that we're strangers and pilgrims. We're simply passing through this world. We've got problems on every side. We're overwhelmed, discouraged. Your heart may be consumed with trouble. If you're saved, you can rest in the fact that you have a friend that will stick closer than a brother. He is there for you. He's gone to prepare a place for you. You, you know, the, the picture of heaven and mansions, it was like in the day of Jesus. There'd be the father's house and off to the father's house. There'd be a wing for the son, a wing for the daughter. And they'd have, they'd build onto the house and the other people would live in the other parts of those houses. That would be their part of the house. But there was the central part where the family came together and they lived together. That's the picture of heaven. The father's house with a place for you. A wing for you. A mansion you he went to prepare a place for you and it's that place that Jesus abides and invites you to be with him also but in this life we will have troubles we will have trials but we can have peace in the midst of our storms so for the Christian with a troubled heart I ask you what do you need to do you need to Turn to him. You need to trust in him. For those who are listening and may not be saved, you need to do the same thing. Turn to him. Trust in him. Believe that he is who he said he was, God's son. And he came to do what he said he did, to offer salvation to save the world. Regardless of your situations or your circumstance. Remember that. In America, we're, we're familiar with troubled hearts. We know about troubled hearts. In our nation, people swallow nine tons of sleeping pills. Nine tons. 
15 tons of aspirin. That doesn't include the tranquilizers. Although America has only 4% of the world's population, we consume 96% of all the tranquilizers. Do we have troubled hearts? Do we have troubled hearts? Yes, we do. Suicides, we were talking about this, Brian and I, the ones that we had been at uh, before the service, been involved with, it, it shot up into the tens of thousands. Some people believe that maybe they may be near 300,000 people who have committed suicide and we never even know about it because it was hidden so well as an accident. We know about troubled hearts. But Jesus is ready to meet you in the midst of that troubled heart. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the fact that there is heart health. There's health for our troubled hearts. And you are the great physician who can heal our trouble. We turn to you, we trust in you, we believe in you. And in doing that, you will relieve the trouble. Help us to believe what you offered the disciples, you offer us as well, a place, an opportunity to be in your presence, to see you return and then have a great reunion with you. Yes, we have trouble. But yes, we can have a trouble-free heart if we turn to you. We ask this in Jesus' most holy name. Amen. God bless you. May you have a trouble-free week. God bless.